0: The following podcast may contain themes and references not suitable for young people and may also contain themes and references that might be offensive to some listeners. Be advised that no ill will has been intended in recording this episode and it has been done so purely for entertainment purposes. If you have any concerns or complaints about what is discussed in the following episode, please contact us. Listener discretion is advised. (coughs) It's time to frock up, put on the sequence, and say guten tag from uh Bring you Australia's only Eurovision podcast, Eurovision. Direct from the Eurovision capital of Australia, Invercargill. Now, here's your host, Ben Novotova Welcome back to Euros vision the actually not only Australian Eurovision podcast, because I've discovered there are other ones, so we should really edit that out in the introduction, but who cares? Because we're here in November. What on earth are we doing here? Oh, that's right. We made a stupid promise earlier in this year that we would cover Junior Eurovision for 2019. And we keep our promises on this show. And we wonder why we keep our promises on this show. Because I have no idea what on earth I watch this week. And I have no idea what on earth I'm going to be talking about with my co-host on this program today. I do, of course, speak of the man who I thought only got excited in May. I actually think that's still true because I don't even think he's excited right now. It's Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely an
1: interesting Monday spent watching this um, event schmozzle. I don't know, whatever you want to call it.
0: I I still don't know what happened um, because, yeah, Um, you just mentioned to me off air that, You had watched this previously, that you had uh, watched it a couple of years ago. So just just quick background. When was it? Why did you watch it? And why haven't you watched it since? Actually, I'll probably answer that last one. But at least when did you last watch it? Uh, I think it was like
1: 2013. Um, All I remember is um, Emile DeForest or Emily DeForest, the one from Denmark who won normal Eurovision performed. Um, and the kid whose job it was to pay like the penny whistle stuffed up. Um, (laughs) and that was kind of the highlight of the show. Uh, and then I stopped watching and then I'm back and it seems to uh, be just as boring as uh, I remembered. Not much has changed in six years.
0: It's fascinating because I knew this was a thing and I think when I found out about it, I was kind of tempted to watch it at one point, but then I'm like, Oh, do I really want to watch a bunch of like 10 year olds who are way more talented than I'll ever be? do cheesy things about eurovision because there's there's a level of fun about normal eurovision where you can laugh and have fun and feel okay about yourself because i think the majority of people competing in eurovision realize what they're doing and that that's going to happen to them but it's just odd doing it with children and it's also odd that so many of these children scare me because they're a little bit too adult acting and then there's dancers who look creepy and Uh, suggestive and i don't like it when you've got like a 10 year old in weird clothing trying to act like an adult who would also look weird i i I just i'm so confused it's been like three days since this happened and i i don't even know what to say in this introduction Joe, because i don't know what the hell i watched yeah i
1: agree to kind of all those points i feel like the age range is really weird too um Yeah, just some of them look so much older than the others. And then, like, you have, like, four-year-olds and 14-year-olds. And, yeah, I don't don't know. And just everything about this felt like it was too long. Like, the intro was too long. The interval acts were too long. Um, Like, then you feel bad poking fun at the kids. But there wasn't even that much to poke fun at. They were just really obnoxious. Um,
0: Yeah, I think kind of the hosts
1: for me were kind of the (laughs) highlight of of the entire evening. (laughs)
0: I got excited that we had Weird Little Girl hosting it at the beginning. Um, And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And then, yeah, we had um, these three people, because, again, we know Eurovision loves a good trio. And, I mean, do you think this is, like, peak Polish television for them? Like, do you think this is the equivalent of hosting the Logies? This is top-notch? Or do you think this is the opposite? Like, this is... This is like hosting the Arias. Like you don't want it to happen, but you know it's a TV gig. Because I, I don't know who these three people are and whether or not this is a good thing to put on their resume or not.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. You'd want to hope that um, this isn't the best uh, that Poland has to offer host-wise. Um, yeah, what was with the young girl at the start? <laughs> English was considerably better than the three people who hosted, so I don't know why. But I'm too young to host, but um, more competent than the other three uh yeah just just odd choices of and I know like English isn't their first language but surely like this is your time in the spotlight you pick somebody who's had a couple of kind of English lessons beforehand particularly the guy who half the time I had no idea what he was saying (laughs) um I was like is he is he speaking Polish is he speaking English okay that's English it's just really broken and um yeah, just interesting choice of, and I, I'm i kind of over this um, three people hosting. I'm, I'm ready for somebody to be bold and change it up.
0: I have to say, little girl at the beginning, was she wearing the same outfits that those um, Polish milkmaids were wearing a few years ago? Because it looked very similar. I mean, less boobs, of course, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's traditional Polish attire. Um, yeah, and even, you got to think that, it would be a dream for you and I to attend a Eurovision. Like that's a bucket list thing to go watch Eurovision live. But do you think that people go out of the way to go to junior Eurovision? Because a lot of the audience seemed young, fair enough. But I mean, if two straight dudes of a certain age go to watch Kitty sing Eurovision, are we inappropriate for doing that? Because I feel like that's an odd thing for you and I or anybody of our (laughs) age and gender to say, yeah, we're going to go watch... Nine to 14-year-olds sing pop songs in a stadium in Poland. I mean, it might be acceptable in Poland and Europe. I don't know. But I feel Australia, you're not going to get away with it. I remember going to a Wiggles I won tickets to a Wiggles concert, um, and I wanted to go, but I was like 25, and that's wrong. So I had to find a friend who had a kid, so it was okay for me to go. So you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would be odd. Yeah, I think it's a case of
1: if your child's performing, then go ahead and go. But otherwise, um, yeah, make sure you're seated near, like, the back of the uh, stadium. (laughs) Um,
0: Don't get standing seats uh, near near the stage, for sure. Hands out of your pockets the whole time. Uh, Just, Mm -hmm. you know, vision straight ahead. Um, Because, so reading here, I, I, I honestly... Didn't do a lot of research coming to this episode. I don't know the rules and everything around junior vision, but I'm seeing here that you have to be 9, between 9 and 14. It's very specific. I don't know why an 8-year-old couldn't sing. Um, You know, I'm sure there are talented 8-year-olds. And 14, uh, does that mean a 15-year-old can compete in, in adult Eurovision? Possibly um is is there also a senior eurovision can we bring this up and going i mean the russian grannies nearly won it the other year they would have won senior eurovision i'm sure you know i feel it's been a bit age discriminatory there and do they also change this around a little bit it seems recently that they have hosted it from the previous winner but do they spread it around a little bit do you know how this works with kind of the hosting of junior eurovision Will, will we be in poland next year
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. I think in the past they've kind of uh, loosely spread it around. Sometimes it looks like the previous winner hosts, but other times um, I'm sure they're just uh, begging for somebody else to host it because who wants to waste money on this? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, maybe this is the trend moving forward that um, the winner hosts. So um, maybe Poland will, with two wins in a row, maybe they're not going to be trying so hard next year.
0: Well, because you look at... Uh, last year was held in Belarus and Russia won it the previous year. And then you go back to 2011 when Georgia won it and it was then hosted in Netherlands the following year. So uh, it seems... I mean, Belarus has hosted it twice. They've won it twice, but neither of the years they hosted it followed the year that they won it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get how this happens. And the other thing too that I have to ask, because... We had the return of, well, Kazakhstan made their debut last year, but then Wales made their debut. So they, like, we have Wales, not the United Kingdom. Just, is the UK that embarrassed about Eurovision now that <laughs> they're like, ah, let's send one, uh, Wales will do it. You know, they'll, they'll usually embarrass themselves. I mean, that's just, it's just odd to me. Where was Scotland? Where was Northern Ireland? Where was England. Yeah,
1: I'm all for more countries. I think this is clearly a ploy by the UK to try and um, confuse people and, and get some votes. Um, but yeah, didn't did not go well for them. Um, so <laughs> Does <it>? whether you're <laughs> Great Britain, Wales, Scotland, whoever, <laughs> um, yeah, everybody can see through the ruse, and, and they're not giving you any votes.
0: And and in Ireland, you just know is going to be a boring ballad and. You know, mm. it's just, it always goes there. No, only 19 countries compete, uh, including our very own Australia. We'll, we'll no doubt talk about them. But I also believe there's not, like, the big five, the big countries don't exist. So, um, you know, because, I mean, we don't have Germany. There's no Germany. Obviously, there's no United Kingdom. We've got Wales there. So, it's, it's kind of very loose, I guess, how they do Because, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine this is cheap. I mean, that stadium looks like um, the the biggest stadium in, is it, Gliwice or whatever it's Gliwice, Uh, you know I'm not going to be able to say that properly, Um, that city in Poland uh, apparently holds 17,000 people and it looked pretty full to me. Like, Jesus, Poland love their junior Eurovision. So I can't imagine for them hosting it, it's going to be cheap. And it's, I mean, as much as it was, this is odd and we're going to say boring and all the songs sounded the same and the production value not quite on normal Eurovision, There's still a bit of production behind it. I was kind of just expecting a bunch of kids standing on stage with some cardboard cutouts or something like that. Like, there's full-on, you know, LCD screens behind them and bim-bam-booms and things like that. Like, I mean, there's a decent level of production, so this can't be cheap. Yeah, I think that was kind of one of the highlights of the show was
1: the stadium itself. I thought it was really well put together. Um, with the ribbons or DNA strands or whatever those shapes were by the side of the stage lighting up. Um, yeah, kind of one of the main positives. I think this has kind of shown that uh, if Poland gets some ring-in hosts that they have the potential to host Eurovision if they ever win it. Um, but, yeah, definitely not cheap.
0: I have to say, too, on the production side of thing, one of the most entertaining bits is always a little intro video leading into the performance and I love the interactions of the, the the artists, you know, in the local environment, you know, chilling and doing shit in the city. Here they can't even, like, obviously they blew their money on the DNA ribbons of that because basically you've got your same group of street kids dancing in the city in Poland doing their thing and then you've just got the poor performer just standing there looking through a telescope awkwardly smiling in the camera on a green screen like jesus how much did they pay these street kids to be all cool and glam it up and do all this sort of stuff while poor old actual performers are awkwardly looking into a telescope
1: yeah i didn't understand the intros at all uh the telescope the fact that it was pointing down (laughs) because i think was meant to tie into that they're in the tower that they showed at the start but like to me i'm like why like they're looking at the ground through a telescope um and then, like, what was with, like, the six garbage collectors who were in all the intros? Like, who are they famous in Poland? Like, are they, like, some group or something? What was the deal with this? And then talk about, like, advertising your country, like, coin football, uh, a flash mob with five spectators. Um, rock paper scissors. Like this is like not a good tourist ju- campaign for Poland. Come to Poland and you can play rock paper scissors. Like that's a great way to spend a couple of thousand dollars getting there.
0: Meet out meet our famous garbage collectors, and if you're lucky, they'll collect your garbage. Uh, what well, what is Poland known for? I mean, serious question. I don't want to, I don't want to actually. Go to the obvious one Because it's probably A negative side one We can think of From like 1939 But besides that What is Poland known for? You tell me I did not get any Information <laughs> from these things Apart from Coin
1: Soccer I can coin name Coin Soccer hacky Sack Which they called um, Like Foot Bag Or something Because then I was like No it's not called that um, apparently it was, There was some copyright issues there Even the places they showed Like the museum There was nobody there Like <laughs> A couple of castles where all you can do is play soccer in the backyard and one kid hogs the ball the entire time. Like, that was just... It was not great.
0: Because the, the, they're all excited, Jared. They're out in the street. The famous garbage men are there. So they don't want to go to the museum. Like, there's all the garbage kids kicking foot bag or whatever it's and All the human forms of transport,
1: human bicycle, human skateboard, <laughs> human boat, like... <laughs> Why was that a thing? And, and the, like, the, the That's public... what these people do for a living, but like, yeah. are they like the umbilical brothers, but like, there's six of them?
0: <laughs> the public transport goes through the sewers and they look very happy that they're going through there. Um, I mean, look, Poland, I'm sure you're a lovely country. I mean, you gave us Magnus Dobanski. Fantastic, thank you. Robert Kubica, your Formula One driver, great. Um, we host an Olympics podcast. I'm, I'm struggling right now to think of a famous Polish athlete who's won an Olympic medal. Oh uh, gosh, this is this is a country we all know, but doesn't really have a lot to show for it, except for garbage men and footbag. Um, quick question, actually, though, because obviously I can't experience the joy of this living in Australia currently. But is this actually broadcast on the ABC? Do the ABC do this instead of SBS? So it is, because I looked it up, but it was not
1: broadcast until six PM on the Monday night, which is really helpful if anybody from Australia wants to vote um, wow. while watching the show, considering they broadcast it after it's already over.
0: And so does that mean, similar to SBS, that ABC are in control of sending our, our artists? Because if, if that is the case, I've, I've got to be honest, um, poor old Jordan Anthony was had a real ABC vibe about him, you know, a bit boring, your nana likes him. Uh, outside of that, you know, it's not really that exciting.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the selection criteria is. Um, yeah, who knows? It's probably to do with whoever broadcasts in conjunction with SBS, like Blink TV or something or I don't know. Um, but, yeah, evidently internal selection with no say from the public. Um, no Australia decides for junior year, so we're really missing out on that.
0: I'm, ju- I'm just looking here that um, our spokesperson was Sizmon, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I skipped over so much to the end, so I don't know who they were. And our commentators were Pip Rasmussen, Drew Parker, and Ava Madden. The, the esteemed, I'm sure. I mean, I've well obviously known. been out of Australia now for more than a year, Jared. Clearly, they've taken over the media landscape in, in Australia because, I, I mean, they must be huge.
1: Yeah, definitely behind that rebrand from ABC3 to ABC Me. <laughs> Uh, which has just seen a big flux in viewers, um yeah, our spokesperson, what was the deal with that? Can we not like afford to get an Australian child like send another one over to present the results because who was this Polish person like who had a very strong accent, like pretending to be like the Australian person <laughs> giving our scores? <laughs>
0: Oh, gosh. Um, I, I mean, look, I'm still reading these names off the screen and I can tell you now they're probably, well, they are. They're more tolerable than Joel Creasy. So, you know, that's that's fine. That's at least that too. Um, look, we're not going to do our usual and go through all the songs. I mean, there's only 19. We don't have like 30-odd to go through. But, I mean, look, can we just be honest that about 16 of these songs were exactly the same? Like, they're, 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 Like, you and I were talking about this off air. They just all blended into each other. I kind of left the room and just left it playing and kind of, came back and i thought the same song was still playing i mean we'll single out the winner we'll single out a couple i mean we already brought him up jordan anthony australia i don't know who this kid is who is he this song sucked um this is maybe the worst song i've ever seen australia do at eurovision (laughs) i mean what what i mean he seems like a nice looking kid good for you jordan and this is something you're gonna go back to school with and i'm sure you're gonna be bullied a little bit less that week but like outside of that this song was shit, come on.
1: Yeah, we really just kind of phoned it in, which I went back and looked at like previous entries and we finished high, but it's always a very similar sounding song, um, which I don't understand because I feel like there's an actual chance to win junior Eurovision, whereas I feel in a way, our sh- the ship's kind of um, gone with winning just normal Eurovision. So I think there needs to be a little bit more effort um, because I don't think it's that hard judging by who won and the song. Um, But it just, there was so much happening with like the background. Like it was just, none of it went together, all these different like lead screens. And then the choreography for Australia was the worst of the entire show. It was so basic. Um, It looked like they learned it in five minutes.
0: And I just want to point out that this kid apparently finished fourth on the voice this year, like as a 14 year old, this isn't the voice kids. Cause I don't think that's exists anymore in Australia. He was fourth in full on the voice m- m- mentored by Delta Goodrum. Good for you, Jordan. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else I can tell you about him. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, and I have to say like, there's a couple of standout fashion choices in junior Eurovision. Obviously our winner, we'll, we'll talk about her, but, couple of them just look like they rocked up to Kmart five minutes beforehand and just picked up what was on the $10 rack. And, and sorry to say, Jordan, you were one of them. I mean, he's got this sort of open jacket with a pair of jeans and a button up shirt. I mean, and the dancers in the background, like, again, I swear, like have they just showed up? Like, have they even talked to him about like, what shall we do with this song? Because yeah, you said it, the, the worst of the lot. I mean, Jesus, I, I don't even know. What, I'm ashamed to be an Australian talking about this song because this song was rubbish. It was that bad.
1: Yes, I agree with the
0: outfits. It was like everybody spent
1: their entire budget on the um, screens and the lighting and then didn't bother at all with the people's outfits. And, yeah, it just would have been better if the like backup dancers just weren't even there. I don't know why they thought to include them when it was that bad, and especially when there were other songs that had backup dancers that were so much better that it just made this look even worse. It should have just been him by himself. Um and the sad thing is, it was a terrible song, and he finished eighth. And I still feel like that was kind of low to finish.
0: <laughs> I look. This is equaling our worst performance. Uh, our debut year in 2015 with Bella Page, we finished eighth. So, uh, and this is coming off the back. We finished third the last two years, apparently. But um, yeah, what was um, what was that guy? Was it Isaiah Firebrae? or whatever that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, he better than that. Well, <laughs> a lot can be. But I mean that that was the worst one we've ever sent to Eurovision, and that still finished top ten, didn't it? I mean, poor old Jessica Malboy, who actually had a decent mm. song, and she was what like out of the top twenty, wasn't she? So, um, yeah, this is just how did he get eighth? And <laughs> like, it's just anyway, that's Australia. Cool, good on you, Jordan. You've got something to talk about for the next week or so because no one in Australia did anyone in Australia even publicise that this was on.
1: No, I wish we had some uh, viewership figures here because I think uh, exclusively Jordan's family and maybe a couple of friends from school.
0: You got a free trip to Poland. You got to see the garbage kids. Like, good on you, Jordan. They, I mean, can't they not send Nikki Webster? Isn't she permanently 13? So she could count, right?
1: I don't know. Just send anybody else who who doesn't from like, I just hate this. It seems like the selection criteria is, has this person been on The Voice or The Voice (laughs) Kids? Okay, chuck them on.
0: How how is that an ABC thing? Like, you know, like, shouldn't they be sending like Big Ted or something like that? Like, just, you know, I don't know. It just seems like an odd thing that the ABC are choosing someone who was on The Voice. Um, The other, actually, the other one talking about Kmart, um, the Portuguese singer, She's, like, by herself on the stage. And, like, I think Portugal have it in their mind that, oh, we won it the other year with just sort of a homeless-looking dude on a stage by himself singing with his sister. That, that won us Eurovision, so it's simple sells. I mean, this girl just, I swear they just plucked her off the street. It's like, you speak Portuguese? Sweet, can you sing? Sweet, get on stage, go on, you're in junior Eurovision. Uh, I felt sorry for this little girl, jo- Joanna Almeida is her name. She sang the song Vem Comigo, which means come with me. Yeah, this was um, the biggest phone in of of the night. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, it looked like they slapped it together two minutes beforehand, um, put this girl on stage and said, just kind of sing what you feel like singing. Um, Another one with incredibly broken English throughout, Um, some interesting translations in there and just... um, I mean, she should be proud that she finished 16th because
0: it's probably higher than she deserved. Definitely higher than she deserved. I, I look, again, if, you tell me at any point if there's anyone that I'm not going through here that you want to talk about separately. But outside of the widow, um, France. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been trying to work out for the last three days what bim-bam-toir and whatever the hell it was is. and I, I will be honest. Outside of the winning song, probably the catchiest song out of all of them. One that, because I, I think this is legitimately something that I I didn't really leave going, oh, I really want to have that song. Maybe the winning song that's kind of grown on me. I'll get to that. But this song, so her name is Carla. She's 14. She, uh, I think, won the French voice or did quite well on it. She's got her own Vivo YouTube account. You know, you've made it when you've got a Vivo account, I guess, on there. But, like, and I guess the staging of this was kind of cool because you had the big sort of comic book letters back on the screen. And if you watch the actual video clip, it's very similar to that. She actually looked like she was having a good time as well. So, I mean, this was a a bit of a standout just because it was memorable. And this is the French. I mean, the French have struggled. Outside of moustache from a couple of years ago, name a good French entry and hashtag moustache was robbed. Shouldn't have come last. But, I mean, bim-bam-tois. Did did you like a bit of bim-bam-tois? yeah i thought the song was
1: catchy i kind of hated uh the performer because i think she was the most obnoxious person in the entire show but i suppose um (laughs) when you've got your own um youtube account and you've won the voice then like fair enough i suppose you're kind of allowed to be obnoxious um particularly the laughing bit chucked in there like i was just, just cringing and like no like please people don't vote for it but i do agree that like It's got stuck in my
0: head, and by the end
1: of all the 19 acts, at least I could remember what hers sounded like, which is more than I can say for a lot of the others.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Um, I thought the most obnoxious one was the Dutch entry with this um, snooty-looking, bored, phoneting kid with his gang of delinquent youths behind him in Chicago Bulls outfits dancing and... One thing I will say for the Dutch is that they, they bring something different every year. I mean, I, again, in general Eurovision, I mean, this is the first year you've ever watched. who knows, They're probably the same crap every year for them, but, you know, they won this year with a with a good song, and we had country last year, and, you know, they, they bring something a little bit different, the Dutch, but I don't know, I just, this kid, is, he just had a slapable face. Am I allowed to say that for children? Like, I don't know how old this kid is, hopefully he's 14, so it's not as bad if he was like 12 or whatever, but, gee, like, these are the type of kids that if you saw hanging around the Streets of like Amsterdam or something like that, you'd call the cops, you feel like they're up to no good.
1: Yeah, and this was like the number that completely showed up Australia's choreography. Um, <laughs> but I agree, like, snooty Face kid. Um, although while I was watching, I was like, oh, it's like, are uh, the Dutch gonna like, uh, like do the double here, like win Eurovision and Junior Eurovision the same year? Then they can just uh, host them both. Um, have Junior Eurovision as just the interval act, um, uh, because it's that boring and nondescript, but. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, just so many of the kids were just snotty and bratty and just thought they're all that. Um, one of the reasons I loved Kazakhstan was at the end, like, he didn't do the big, like, yell, thank you, Europe, and just like, thanks, and just like, kind of walks off and like, yep, like, that's enough to like, get my vote if I was voting. But um, Yeah, just a lot of kids who um, I think have been brought back down to earth. I think a lot of these countries thought they were going to win when they didn't.
0: Which this is the thing that I find with these kids because, I mean, do they they get... Like, children react differently to losing, right? Like, you know, an adult grows up and they can sort of accept and, okay, fair enough, we lost. But, like, I feel like half these kids would be sulking and crying backstage and going off at their parents and, oh, you told me I was going to win this, mummy um i mean you know that french girl was like that behind the stage the the dutch kid was doing that as well um i think this kazakhstan kid like i think he actually yeah i am with you i like how he kind of just casually said that and he he looked like the nicest he looked like the one that kind of went left and was like okay yep fair enough i mean he got second He, he very nearly won so uh and there have they has kazakhstan ever competed in full normal eurovision before
1: I don't think so. And this to me is like a big slap in the face that, yeah, we'll let you compete in junior Eurovision, but Eurovision itself, no, like you're not good enough for that. Like surely it's the same criteria to putting a country in. If they're in junior Eurovision, put them into normal Eurovision. And I'm all for seeing Kazakhstan next year or the year after. Or just like, let's
0: make it happen. Yeah, no, I'm just saying here. So they've only ever competed in junior Eurovision. That was their debut last year. So, because it's one of those countries, I believe, isn't it, that it's sort of some people classified as Europe, some classified as Asia. It's kind of like Azerbaijan or, you know, one of these countries. But I would assume Kazakhstan's more Europe than Asia. So, yeah, I, I would be down for seeing Kazakhstan compete in full Eurovision. Maybe this is kind of a bit of a test. I mean, if Australia comes into Eurovision, Kazakhstan has more right of being in Eurovision than Australia does. So, but, you know, I like this kid. I I... Can't say much about the song, but, um, you know, I I thought he did well. Um, Good for him. The the other one that actually, again, sounded the same. Uh, She got third, the Spanish girl, Milani Garcia. And boy, oh boy, could she scream. Like, this isn't like a, you know, holding the high-pitched note. This isn't like the, um, was it the Hungarian yodeler the other year or something like the opera guy? Um, this is full on screaming, like Jesus, this girl. And what really disappointed me is whenever they kept showing the clips of like these are the acts to vote for, they never showed the screaming bit, like that's the bit I want to see because this girl can, she can, she can scream.
1: Yeah, there's a very fine line between uh opera and squealing, and she definitely crossed it multiple times and it just kind of kept going. Um, I thought, okay, this is kind of the standout high point of the song. This is, like you said, like the Hungarian, the Kate Miller-Heidke, the Estonia from last year, that moment. And then it just kept going. And then, okay, she's finished squealing. Oh, no, she's going (laughs) to squeal at an even higher pitch now. Um, She had the moment of the night during the interviews where the host was asking her how she was, and she just is the most deadpan. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. (laughs) like, everybody else is hyping them up. I'm so excited to be here. I love music. It's just about sharing the joy. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, Melanie's fine. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. So, yeah, uh, that's hilarious. So, I mean, that's kind of our fifth, fourth, third, second. So, yeah, France were fifth. Fourth was the Netherlands. Third was Spain. Second, Kazakhstan. But our winner, uh, the first time, I guess, I mean, I don't think we remember watching Ireland in the early 90s, do we, that we've ever seen the host win something, because we often talk about how the host country generally puts in a shit entry because they don't really want to win it again, unless you're Sweden. Um, Poland, Vicky Gabor, with her song Superhero. And as I said before, it's kind of... I listened to it a little bit before we started recording a little bit more. I think the non-live version, the recorded version, is a hundred times better than the live version. It's actually not that bad. And her outfit she had a, a suit of mirrors great um she had one backup dancer who looked like he woke up halfway through it and kind of oh shit i'm, in, I'm on camera but it looked like i'm doing something um not a, not a bad song i think it's decent and i actually kind of enjoy seeing the hometown win something i mean again poland doesn't have much going for them so good on them for winning again what, what did you think of superhero
1: yeah, I agree. I think it's exciting for the audience. We obviously saw them cheering anytime Poland got any form of point, even if it was like one point, there was a massive cheer in the background. Uh, the outfits were kind of the big uh, question with with <laughs> the Polish entry. Um, I definitely thought like, are we, um, like, is this like the parents' dress-up box? Why, <laughs> like, what year are we heading back to here? I didn't understand like two kids signing on the side of the stage. Um to me, I was like that was just like a big gimmick. That I was like, if you're gonna have deaf people signing, then you kind of have to show them throughout the whole song. Like you can't just cut to them at random points in time. So any deaf viewers, they got um, about three or four lyrics that they can understand from the entire song here. Um, just weird. I didn't like the countdown over the top of like the screen. I thought that was tacky. But I could see like it was a fair winner. It didn't really come out of left field. Um, as a choice, Um, and it did well with both the juries and the public voting, so um, I think fair enough.
0: I think with the dress-up suits, the kids, I don't know if they're either the Wiggles or, like, dumb and dumber, you know, Harry and Lloyd. Uh, I I really don't know. And I I think also a a key fact of maybe why this also did well was the message, because, I mean, clearly climate change and sort of all the protests around, that's kind of a hot topic right now. If you watch the actual film clip, she ends it with, you know, this is our planet, save it, like just really deadpan. And then sort of the graphics, I'm guessing that countdown, because you see like icebergs and things, I'm guessing is that sort of the, we've got to save the planet, because by the time I sing this song, all the polar ice caps have melted, hurry up. Uh, So, I don't know, maybe that's got a bit of a message to it, because now even kid Eurovision is sending us political messages.
1: Yeah, it definitely felt like climate change was the new, um, the in fashion. Climate change is the new black, maybe. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It was just, it was all over the shop um, this year, which is just, um, I don't know, seeing about something else. I didn't need so many entries about the same thing. Um, I think when every. Entry has a message that feels very forced, and I just wanted something fun. Um, a random guy in a space suit, or <laughs> the dude who had that massive, um, like, plat the other year, some like Jetwood. Um, <laughs> They're old Turkey. enough for Junior Eurovision, aren't they? Jedwood should still yeah, be there. <laughs> surely they, they'd pass. Um, yeah, there just wasn't anything apart from Bim Bam Boom, whatever. <laughs> um, there was nothing wacky um, about any of the entries, and just. It makes you question whether the the kids have had any hand in writing these songs or, or if it's coming from from adults or whatever. But, yeah, it's just a, a lot, a lot, a lot of songs. I reckon about at least 10 of the 19 probably had climate change as, as their message there.
0: Got, got to ask a question, though, talking about weird things. Uh, what's your viewpoint of winning song joined by all the artists on stage dancing really weirdly and then the host in the background doing the dozy do um, just awkwardly dancing with a bunch of you know 9 10 11 and 12 and 13 and 14 year olds it's that's one of the weirdest things i think i've ever seen in eurovision and i've seen a singing turkey from ireland so there were a lot of weird even the the song
1: that is all the contestants together as an interval act um, they were all about getting everybody involved at every single second of this. And um, the, the Polish backup dancers did, definitely didn't appreciate everybody crowding in on their stage. And you could tell that it just seemed really unexpected. They didn't have any idea what was happening. Um, eventually, they got the point that, okay, maybe we don't, can't do exactly the same dance that we wanted to do because um, there's nowhere to move on the stage. I just felt in all of the kind of moments where countries were together, I just felt bad for Jordan from Australia because he just looked really awkward. Like, like he had zero friends. He was about 10 (laughs) times taller than anybody else. Um, He just looked really out of place uh, in any of these moments where everybody was um, singing and dancing together.
0: There was one of the ones, I can't remember which one it was. She was in like a pink, silvery-looking cat suit thing that looked like something that the golden girls war in like the seventies or something like that. And I think it was Belarus looked like they had just discovered the nineties with all their like fluoro kind of inspired outfits and everything like that. Um, are there, are there, are there any songs that you're, you're dying to talk about or, I mean, I don't think there really is there any other standouts here. I think we've covered it all basically. No, I don't think that there's, there was no other
1: positives. That's for sure. Um, yeah, most of my notes were about the lame postcards. Um, uh, the guy, the kid singing from Russia, sounded like he was a 20-pack-a-day smoker. Uh, and then... <laughs>
0: He's a brassy, he probably
1: is. <laughs> beforehand, he had, like, a panic attack a couple of days before and got taken to hospital. And there were all these reports that he had a heart attack, which were, like, blown out of proportion. Um, so, yeah, other than that... Um, I don't really know what was going on with any of the others. Belarus, it was very much like a carbon copy of their entry that they sent to, like a low rent version of their entry that they sent to Eurovision this year. And then um, Wales, with the, like, where did that whole um, butterfly uh, dress thing come from? Like tap dancing butterfly. At the start, I was like, is this girl abnormally tall or is she standing on a box? What's going on there? It was just really um, some interesting choices um, throughout that song.
0: What what happens now to to Vicky? Uh, because I'm seeing here a list of participants that have gone to compete uh, in, in normal Eurovision, uh, and apparently they invite the winner of Junior Eurovision as a guest to the, the full-on one. So, um, you know, actually, that's one thing I was going to bring up. No San Marino, very disappointed. But I can see here that uh, two junior San Marino competitors um, did go on to compete in uh, full Eurovision. But, I mean, what, what happens now? Does, does, do you think we're going to see her in 10 years' time, five years' time, or something like that? I don't think so. I
1: think maybe we see her in, in Rotterdam for two seconds. I think she's definitely got a hosting gig next year, um, wherever they decide to host it, provided it stays in Poland. I suppose if it goes elsewhere, then she's going to have to fight for that a little bit. But um, no, I can't see her moving on to anything else. I thought it was very unprofessional after she won when she sung it again, and it was ter- even worse than before. Um yeah, I don't have high hopes. Have we ever had a, somebody from Junior Eurovision go on to win
0: Senior Eurovision? No. Um, no. From what I can see here, um, so we had a Polish entry, 2004. Veronika Boschacz was a backing vocalist. Uh, Serbia, Navena Bozovic. She was part of Moje 3. They placed 11th in the first semi final, then competed with Kruna, which placed 18th in the final. So, 18th, 7th in the final might be the highest ever finish, and that was from Russia. Uh, the Tolmachevi sisters competed in Junior Eurovision 2006, and then in 2014 Eurovision, uh, Shine, they finished 7th. So, that might be the highest. Uh, in Malta Maltese entrance this year, uh Destiny Chuka Yenre was a backling, backing vocus for Michaela this year in full on Eurovision. So, um yeah, we we haven't um Oh Lights and Shadows. Uh the Dutch entrance back in two thousand seventeen. I remember that song. That was uh they competed in junior What are they? OG... OG was it OG three ne Cubed? Yeah, Ogene or something. Eugene, I yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, they they competed in Junior Eurovision. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't really tell me here if any of these were winners of Junior Eurovision. It's just saying that they competed in there. So, no, I don't think we've ever had that. So, um I'm not holding out old hopes here for poor old little Vicky, Vicky Gabor. No. I don't think so. I think we can probably see Jordan in
1: Australia decides in uh, 2022. Mm, I think he'll be um, (laughs) buying to go to Eurovision and let's hope the Australian public has uh, sense when they make their choice.
0: Fun stat, actually, just quickly. Uh, This was the highest ever amount of points ever in a junior Eurovision contest and the biggest ever winning margin. Uh, So 51 points she won by and the previous biggest winning margin was 35 points back in 2012 so junior eurovision a little bit closer than um than normal eurovision so um there you go anything else out i think actually you just you sort of brought it up we we might sort of close this out and just have a bit of a brief discussion on where we're at right now with australia decides because i feel like we, we don't really do episodes on that we might do one next year we'll see how we go but uh any final thought? I don't think we're doing this again next year, Jared. I, I don't know. I, I really think my energy levels got expired. I thought, oh, yes, Eurovision, I've missed it. You know, it's been six months. You know, we've got to keep the, keep the appetite rolling. This has got to be great. And then I realised, what the fuck are we doing here?
1: Yeah, it's not the same. I think the the biggest talking point next year is if um, Poland can get the three-peat um, And then like the obvious issues here with the public vote is like an online vote and you can vote before the contest even starts and then during and you can vote for your own country and there's like zero restrictions. So um, there's a lot of talk on potentially it's very easy to rig the voting system here and Poland's won twice in a row. Like is that (laughs) potentially some controversy there? So I think if they win uh, again next year, then um, they probably have to have a little look into how the – Audience voting is, is working.
0: Now, speaking of audience voting, as I said, Australia Decides is back. So, Australia is once again voting to send somebody off to Eurovision next year. It's taking place in February in the Gold Coast once again. Um, and at the moment, at the time of this, 4 acts have been announced of competing because apparently it's still they do the whole... Songwriters send in your songs, and uh, they'll announce participants. Going there, we should next year we should do it, Jared. We should just write a song, send it in. We can see if we can get far. But the four acts so far, uh, two I've heard of <laughs> Casey Donovan. Uh, the only one I think who's actually released her actual song name, I believe, "Proud," because she won. Was it the second season of Australian Idol? I want to say. Uh, back. Yeah, in, that sounds right. Yep, two thousand. Anthony Klaire. Uh, yes, uh, still that second place went on to bigger and better things, right? Um, except for mm-hmm. Shannon Knoll. Shannon Knoll for Eurovision. Come on, he better be one of these acts. We, I will get on a Shannon Knoll train. Uh, Iota? Are you are you an Iota fan, Jared? Uh, no, I've never heard of them. New Zealand Australian singer, songwriter, and actor? No. Don't bloody, no. no, Don't vote for him. Uh, Mitch Tambo? The esteemed um, was uh, oh apparently doesn't even have his own Wikipedia page. The page, if you click on Mitch Tambo, takes you to Australia's Got Talent. So,
1: <laughs> We're just assuming that he competed in it, then, right? I-
0: I'm hoping um, he. Uh, where did he finish on that? Uh, he was a grand finalist, and he finished in uh not the winning spot so okay cool good for you mitch tambo uh and the one that i'm actually quite excited for vanessa amorosi uh i'm actually a bit of a vanessa fan i have to be honest the very first concert i ever saw in my life was vanessa amorosi jared and the one of the very first quote big name people i ever interviewed was vanessa amorosi so i i'm a bit of a vanessa fan i think she's got a fantastic voice. So, right now, I'm excited. I would hope she goes. I think she would be brilliant at Eurovision. But uh, your, your thoughts on these four? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're like me. You've heard of two of them.
1: Yeah, I think kind of uh, apart from Iota and Mitch Tambo, um, standard choices for the other two. Um, agree, excited to see Vanessa Amorosi back. I think if she can... Um, if she can write well I suppose she's meant to be given a song to her but I think last year you had artists writing their own songs so it seems like they're willing to bend the rules a little bit um if you can just do like a carbon copy of absolutely everybody and name it something else I think she's yes. got a really good chance of doing well um and that's what I want to see um I don't know how she can change it but absolutely absolutely everybody um
0: <laughs> chuck another lyric in there um <laughs>
1: Really? Absolutely
0: everybody this time, we mean it.
1: (laughs) And then Casey, um, I think she'll do well. Um, I don't think she'll win, and that's saying early without having heard her song, but um, just kind of your standard, I mean, we're always going to get an Australian Idol participant within the selection of um, contestants, um, but hoping that they're definitely saving some big names for kind of the last however many spots. Well, um, I like kind of the gradual release and the build yeah. up. I think they're doing it well.
0: I mean, because Kate Miller-Heidke is she our only non-reality um, show competitor? Because everyone else would have. I don't think Kate Miller-Heidke was on a on a Idol or something like that. Wasn't she just a a normal singer? <laughs> mm, I think so. <laughs> is that is that appropriate for our reality contest? Sorry, reality contestants. I'm not saying you're not a normal singer, but I'm pretty sure she just was discovered the normal way. Um, Iota, just quickly, he's not exactly young. He's like 50, and he's acting. He apparently was in Mad Max, Fury Road, and uh, The Great Gatsby. So this guy apparently has been in some things. So, okay. Good for you, Iota, but he could produce. I mean, what was the happy two thousand and whatever song this year, which I really liked? So and I'd never heard of them. So yeah, I, I look we've still got a few to be released. Get on the Shannon Knoll train. Uh or as I always say, if you want to bloody win Eurovision, sit Kylie Minogue in. She's just gonna win. Like just there you go. Kylie Minogue covering absolutely everybody, really this time we mean it. Uh duet with Vanessa Amorossi. Or just just get like you know, Vanessa Amorossi, Kylie Minogue, Casey Donovan, Shannon Knoll, John Farnham, Jimmy Barnes, former supergroup, call it You Bloody Ripper, and then send it to Eurovision. Like, how would that not win? Yeah,
1: I like the idea of sending Kylie Minogue because I think that kind of really rubs it into the Brits as well. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> fingers crossed, she's one of the artists yet to be revealed. Um, although knowing our luck, um, I'm the last artist. Will probably be Danny Minogue.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, I'd be down for Danny. I like a bit of Danny. I'm not going to deny it. I, I'm a Danny fan. I'm a, I'm a Minogue fan. So look, not quite Kylie, but I mean in all seriousness, like again, Kylie is very well known in Europe. She's very Eurovision. I think that she would fit this perfectly. But I don't know if her competing on a Australia decides uh, is is a bit below her maybe like she would probably expect to just be selected like oh Isaiah Firebrace got chosen and I've got to go up against Iota excuse me um, this has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh look, I would like to think maybe we will do an Australia Decides episode. We really should. Uh, we'll see how we go come February. Other than that, we'll be back, no doubt, in May to cover 2020 Eurovision in Rotterdam in the Netherlands, which will be very, very exciting. I am actually um I I know at least one act has been announced, and that is the Belgian act, Hooverphonic, and I am actually very aware of Hooverphonic because they do a song called Battersea, which was used in uh, Third Watch, my favourite TV show of all time. It was actually used in the very first episode, and they bookended it with the closing episode, the final scene in the whole show. It's, It's a beautiful song. I did a top 100 songs of all time list this year, in my opinion, and I put that in there. And they actually did another song, which they use in Third Watch too, so... Because I followed them on Facebook already. I saw them sort of announcing themselves as they're going to Eurovision next year. So that's actually kind of cool. So there will be other ones obviously announced there too. But I just I felt the need to say that I'm happy with Go Belgium in 2020. So there you go. Um, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Just watch Junior Eurovision if you're bored and hate your life. Because we apparently do and we like to podcast about it let's let's close off and hear our winner let's let's hear how superheroes sound and how vicky gabor likes to sing jared it's a pleasure i'm I'm sure you're glad that you got a bit of a taste on this uh some eurovision you got a little bit of of a whiff of something so surely that that fueled your your taste and your love of eurovision a little bit more until we get to to may next year
1: yeah, better than nothing. Uh, what's wasting a couple of hours? And, um, I mean, now I'm definitely um, hyped to cross Poland off my list of places to travel to um, because I think I can play rock, paper, scissors uh, in the comfort of my own home.
0: And a special shout-out to to Alex, who obviously uh, was unable to join us this week. And Noah, we, we shouldn't forget about Noah. It's been four years since he's been on an episode of Eurovision, but he's still there in spirit, we think. Uh, and to everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you very, very shortly. Good night in Polish.